Disclaimer. The views and opinions of this program are not necessarily those of the New American Magazine. They're submitted for your entertainment and consideration. You should consult your doctor before considering expending too much strenuous energy on these controversial subjects. If you don't have medical authorization, consider this invitation as your permission slip for independent thought. This is Under the Iceberg, hosted by Daniel Natal. Co-hosted by investigative researchers Ginny Silcox and Ryan Calevra. Tonight's conspiracy is The True Nature of Tattoos. Chapter 1. The Premise. Tattoos have been with us a long time, with the earliest evidence of tattooing going back to 5000 BC. Charles Darwin, in The Descent of Man, commented that every culture on every continent around the world has had, at least at some point in its history, some indulgence in body modification via tattoo ink. But what if the ink that's being used today is not like the ink that was used in the past? What if within the last few decades, exotic metals and other substances have been insinuated into the ink for the purpose of manipulating the human neurological system? As crazy as this may sound at first glance, consider the history of behavioral modification. More than a hundred years ago, behavioral scientist Ivan Pavlov published his groundbreaking work on associative conditioning with his famous dog studies. Behaviorists all around the world embraced his work and began applying it in other fields, like Edward Thorndike, for instance, who applied these methods to education in the United States. He said that children shouldn't be educated, but should be trained, like animals. He wrote, quote, Our experiments on learning in the lower animals have probably contributed more to knowledge of education per hour or per unit of intellect spent than experiments on children. The best way with children may often be, in the pompous words of an animal trainer, to arrange everything in connection with the trick so that the animal will be compelled by the laws of his own nature to perform it. Behavioral scientists of the day called conditioned reflexes like these automaticity. In other words, being an automaton, a robot. They wanted to figure out ways of bypassing conscious thought and hijacking people's bodies by manipulating conditioned responses. After World War II, the CIA was fascinated by German programs such as MKUltra, which stood for Mind Control Ultra, the K being from the German spelling, whereby they hoped to brainwash subjects and press them into service. One of the most fascinating projects they had was hacking the neurological system with radio waves using a brain implant pioneered by Dr. Jose Delgado called a stimaceiver. By using a remote control, he could induce fear in animals, aggression, violence, or shut them off altogether. As he demonstrated for the media when a bull charged him and he pressed a button, shutting the bull's limbs off as it bore down on him, bringing the animal up short. Electronic mind control research is not new. A scientific milestone in this area came in the 1960s, when Dr. Jose Delgado demonstrated remote control over a charging bull. By connecting a radio antenna to electrodes inserted into the bull's brain, Delgado proved that the animal's aggressive impulses could be thwarted by electronically manipulating the bull's muscle reflexes. Dr. Paul Pangaro said that the Internet was an extension of the human neurological system. If so, is it possible to manipulate people with radio frequencies like Jose Delgado did by creating a second neurological system grafted over the first made of highly conducive graphene oxide? If this sounds like science fiction think again. Medical tattoos have already been created that interact with radio waves, sending data to and from a subject. They call such tattoos cutaneous sensors. These carbon-laced tattoos act like a second neurological system grafted over your own. 
In an article by Digital Trends entitled Graphene Tattoo to Monitor Your Brainwaves, we read, quote, Boris Baruch Goldstein, the co-founder and executive chairman of a company called Brain Scientific Incorporated, is an aspiring tattooist. But don't expect him to ink you a gnarly dragon or a tribal sleeve. Goldstein's tattoos come with a few conditions. They're on your head. They're done using an ink made of all-around wonder material, graphene, and they're capable of reading your brainwaves. So you'll need to go someplace else for that flaming skull or butterfly design you've been weighing up during lockdown. End quote. Within the last few decades, the establishment has been encouraging people to get tattoos. Dozens of TV shows have promoted the lifestyle. Celebrities who don the covers of magazines flamboyantly show off their new ink. At around the same time that tattooing went mainstream, the elite started promoting cell phones, glamorizing them, fostering a demand by inventing holidays like Cyber Monday to push the products. The government heavily subsidized their deployment to the general public. What if the infrasonic frequencies in cell phones, frequencies inaudible to the human ear, are interacting with the graphene oxide in the tattoos? What if when you scroll through social media and see a picture of, say, Trump, the webpage is embedded with an infrasonic tone in the 20 hertz range to induce uneasiness in order to train your body to feel uneasy whenever you see him? What if images of family, country, patriotism, and God all likewise come with embedded frequencies that initiate a sort of associative conditioning to make you not like what the elite don't want you to like, or on the contrary, to love what they want you to love? What if people with tattoos grafted over the neurological systems like an arm sleeve are more susceptible to these frequencies? We're used to subliminals being used on the public, but what if that technology has advanced beyond the parameters we're aware of from the 1940s? What if there are new ways to induce automaticity in the populace? What if that crazy wild-eyed college radical covered from head to foot with tattoos clutching his cell phone in his hand is being trained in a way that would have made Pavlov jealous? Well, with that groundwork laid, I give the floor to you, Ginny. Where to begin? And because you mentioned in your intro that things have changed over time. They used to use things like soot and pine bark and corroded bronze powder mixed with vinegar egg, uh, insect eggs, vinegar, and vitriol. That's what they used to use. But these days, um, it says um, tattoo inks can have many heavy metals in them, like mercury, lead, cadmium, nickel, zinc, chromium, cobalt, aluminum, titanium, copper, iron, and barium. Others can have metal oxides like ferrocyanides and uh, other elements like antinomy, arsenic, beryllium, calcium, lithium, selenium and sulfur this is more along the lines of the phase one thing that you were describing and that's that uh they the the, the composition of aluminum in like this the, the topsoil has gone like through the roof in the last 20 years i just posted this to your channel a little bit earlier today but i mean that's one of the things that through foia requests they've they've admitted that they're spraying and with the barium and all the other things yeah that yeah, so what, one of the things I wanted to hit, too, is something that, that Ryan brought to my attention. He was watching a film, and he was kind of freaked out by the, by the movie. And the movie, I think, was called The Beyond. And he said that he, was, he, he felt uneasy while he was watching the movie. And there was another movie just like that, and it was called 666. And it was with uh, ex-Nirvana, you know, uh, what, what, what's, what's his name? Dave Grohl, the, uh, the, the drummer from Nirvana. And... Um, Anyway, uh, so Dave Grohl, he has this movie called 666, and like the Beyond, people were getting really uneasy by it, 
And um, I mean, real, it, it gave them like a dark, I, I watched these uh, reviewers and they said that it, it, it made them feel dirty, like watching the film and they, and they couldn't figure out why, like, you know, whether it was the editing, whether it was, you know, the, the infrasound that had been embedded. And I wanted to play a clip um, about infrasound in movies and the effect that it has. In July 2002, in the south of France, the Cannes Film Festival was taking place. It's one of the most prestigious and exclusive international film festivals in the world. One of the last movies to be screened that year was Gaspar Noé's Irreversible, a psychological thriller about a rape victim who seeps bloody revenge on her captor. After watching it, people lost their minds and their stomachs. And that's not an exaggeration. According to a BBC article, the film physically sickened audiences. Over 250 people left the film early, 20 people fainted, and many more required medical attention after watching it. Now, I've seen a lot of movies, and none of them have made me physically ill, but the film's audience couldn't take it. Some people attributed their shivers and shakes to the graphic nature of the movie, which may be true, but it turns out there was something else that was turning people's stomachs that day, a sound that couldn't be heard. In a 2003 interview with Salon.com, the director had this to say, we added 27 hertz of infrasound, a low frequency sound which the police use to stop riots. You can't hear it, but it makes you shake. In a good theater with the subwoofer, you may be more scared by the sound than by what's happening on screen. A lot of people can take the images, but not the sound. Those reactions are physical. Okay, and um, I wanted to, to touch this because there was an Atlantic story and it says, uh, your phone is listening, literally listening to your TV, but a newer method of cross-device tracking wanders into the realm of science fiction. According to a filing from the Center of Democracy and Technology, a digital human rights and privacy advocacy organization, companies have figured out how to use inaudible sounds to establish links between devices. Here's how software from Silverpush, a leading provider of audio beacons, works. When you visit a website that uses Silverpush tracking technology, that site causes your device to emit an inaudible ultrasonic sound. If any other devices you've got lying around, a laptop, a phone, a tablet has an app installed that includes Silverpush code, it's listening for that sound. If it hears it, Silverpush knows that the two devices are close to one another and presumably belong to the same person. More recently, Silverpush expanded into television advertising. Certain TV commercials include an ultra sonic audio beacon. Any nearby devices running Silverpush software will be listening for the, the beacon. If a device hears it, it records the match, allowing the company to figure out what ads users watch and for how long. And so, Mike, this, this is what got me wondering. If, like with the movie that, that we just heard about at the Cannes Film Festival, and like with, you know, uh, your TV and your cell phone emitting, you know, infrasound, what if they're using that? Like, every time you scroll through, like your feed, Google hands up a story to you, what if pictures have infrasound embedded in them? And every time you see something that you're not supposed to like, it gives you the 19 hertz frequency to make you uncomfortable, to make you nauseous, you know? And, and so that was what, what got me thinking about, about the possibility the Pavlovian possibility of this. And I just wanted to, just really quickly, um, there's a, a clip from the movie A Clockwork Orange. 
And in the clip, um, Alex is taken uh, by, you know, scientists to an MK Ultra program, and they're trying to brainwash him into not being violent anymore. And so they, they make him watch images, and then they, they dope him with, uh, with a chemical to make him sick to his stomach every time he sees a, an, an image. And then with the hope that uh, through associative conditioning, he'll get sick every time he sees violence in real life. So let me just play that clip really quick. You have to be cured. It was horrible. Of course it was horrible. Violence is a very horrible thing. That's what you're learning now. Your body's learning it. And so that quote, your body's learning it, that that just jumped out at me, right? So they're bypassing the mind. They're not trying to brainwash you anymore. They're body washing you. They're conditioning your body through, through you know, in, in the movie, it was through chemicals. But now it's to the point where they can do it through, you know, ultrasonic frequencies. And uh, any, anybody jump in. I've been talking too long. Kubrick is way ahead of his time. <laughs> I do believe that the technology you're talking about of them linking things together, I mean, that's very, very old. Actually, the first remote controls, I remember when I was a kid, we had a Zenith. It was ultrasonic, but you could actually hear some of, of, of the harmonic or the, the harmonic frequencies generated by the keypad whenever you pressed on it. I remember holding it to my ear and hearing like that whine. Like maybe you remember whenever tubes, television still existed before everything was LCD or LED. And like you can hear the, the high tension transformer on the back of the tube whining. Like I used to be able to walk into a house and hear it like whenever a television was on somewhere in there. But it was the same deal with that remote. Chapter two. Speculation. If you look at Delgado's research using radio frequencies, he did more than just work with a bull. He had uh, a lot of monkeys that were restrained in cages, but uh, he produced all kinds of mood states just by beaming radio frequencies at those monkeys. You know, poor things. Yeah, well, it was it was the hacking of the neurological system, right? So he he did cats yeah. too, where he made them psychotic, he made them psychopathic, and there was a a, a gentleman from Quebec in 1995. I think I sent a clip to you, Jenny. Um, and I know Ryan knows about it. And so he said that in Rwanda in 1995, they were actually experimenting on human populations and that the Rwandan genocide uh, was using these technologies where they would have a plane fly around in circles above like Rwanda, beaming down like frequencies. And it was reacting with the, uh, the you know, the, the hacking of the neurological system of the people there. They were being injected. They were being tested on um, and uh, they became psychopathic. They became like killing machines. And this is like their dream to be able to, to hack the human animal as uh what was his name uh huval yuval harari the transhumanist the hacking of the human animal that's that's how he put it you know um let me let me put this to this i I found this interesting this was a uh, subliminal embedded in a kid's video game it was a 1080 snowboard so i wanted to play this just to show like the cynicism of the people trying to manipulate the uh, the next generation bear with me The clip is uh, subliminal, uh, embedded in a child's video game called 1080 Snowboard, which is promoting homosexuality. So embedded in the soundtrack that little kids are playing, it says homosexuality, homosexuality from ear to ear, channel to channel. 
just showing you like, you know, how, how absolutely cynical uh, the people that we're dealing with. And that's why, like I said, the, the cynicism, the, the, the subject of this episode is tattoos and the cynicism of using tattoos, you know, for technocratic means, uh, authoritarian means going back to concentration camps, tattoo, tattooing people, yeah. you know, so th- this has been a thought in their mind for, for quite a long time. And I think now they have the, they have the technology now they've superseded it, obviously, but you know, that they had the technology to embed a neurological system, you know, over top of your neurological system to make you more conducive to, you know, infrasound frequencies. And my wife said that when when the people were um, in the Cannes Film Festival and when they were watching that film and people were getting sick to their stomachs, some people fainted. And my wife asked a really interesting question. She said, I wonder if the people fainted had tattoos. If they were yeah. more subject to the frequency, it boosts the signal, you know, relative to a normal person. A normal person might just feel uncomfortable or nervous, but someone with the tattoos, it might, you know, take it to, you know, 11. It might be the, the frequency on steroids, you know, it might be an amplificatory measure. But I'm, I'm talking too much. It, so go ahead, Jim. It's possible in a random fashion because tattoos are uh, quite curvilinear usually, and there could be accidental amplification happening on the especially the ferrocyanide uh, uh, dark tattoos that might have worlds and that might randomly amplify certain signals. Well, that's the thing. I, I mean, because it's, it's, it's not just that. Like Baruch Goldstein, it's not just barium or titanium or aluminum. Baruch oh, Goldstein's no. company does graphene oxide, <laughs> does graphene tattoos. So this is in the, you know, in the tat- whether you're told it is or not is my, is my suspicion. But go ahead, Ryan. Well, I, what I was going to say is you and I have previously talked at length about psychotronic research and how far back that goes too. And I believe you and I also had several conversations, re the idea that, 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 the, that the injections could be just putting things in you intentionally to make you more receptive to it. So it would be like an, a, a form of augmenting like the psychotronic manipulation that they had already been playing with forever. That has to do with something that, Del, that goes back to Delgado, who was looking at the caldate nucleus inside the brain that has, I believe it's a, well, it's a uh, helical structure inside the brain. And there's one on each hemisphere and it completely circles the midbrain on each hemisphere. And it's resonant at around, I think I did the calculation. I think it's around 16 or 18 gigahertz resonance uh, in that structure in the brain. And so if they can get the um, graphene oxide to cluster as it would anyway, along an area of high nerve conduction, then they can create a loop antenna right in the middle of the brain. Here's another article. Uh, it's, a, it's entitled, How Graphene Tattoos Can Monitor Your Health. And it says, quote, a graphene-based tattoo could, that could function as a wearable electronic device to monitor your health has been developed at the University of Texas. Gold is often used in electronic components, but graphene is more conductive. Uh, it can be hundreds of times thinner and allow the tattoos to wrinkle naturally with your skin. Um, and just getting back to what Ryan said about psychotronics um, and stuff, like we're in a material age, and in this material age, we think in terms of science rather than than magic, right? But as me and Ginny have talked about in previous uh, broadcasts, that um, you know, science as it exists now, you know, is is very similar to magic. You know, like the famous Isaac Asimov quote, you know, um, you know that any any sufficiently advanced science is indistinguishable from magic. You know, and they're using what used to be called called magic, which is influence at a distance. They're using fruit fields, uh, which is influence at a distance, right. which is what they, in al- the days of alchemy, they called magic. And there's a quote from Thomas Jefferson in a letter that I, I found interesting. Um, in 1798, he wrote a guy named John Taylor, and they were talking about how the media brainwashes the 
populace. And he said, quote, in every free and deliberating society, there must, from the nature of man, be opposite parties and violent dissensions and discords. And one of these, for the most part, must prevail over the other for a longer or shorter time. Perhaps this party division is necessary to induce each to watch and relate to the people and uh, the proceedings of the others. Jefferson concluded the letter saying, a little patience and we shall see the reign of witches pass over, their spells dissolved and the people recovering their true sight. And what jumped out at me from this quote was the the term witches spells, you know, because, of course, in Jefferson's time, there was no concept called brainwashing, you know, or terms like MK Ultra. The only analog that they had was witches spells. And it reminded me of how what's happening now is, as I said, the systematization of magic, like Charles Fort said, you know, um, he said that that uh, in the 20th century, you know, science has become essentially the, the systematization of magic, of influence at a distance. And that's what they called, we discussed this before, uh, quantum mechanics. Einstein called it spooky influence at a distance, you know. Um, oh, yeah. And, yeah, and, and so basically... What what used to be seen as witches' spells that take over people's minds, you know, are now you know essentially frequencies, and you know people can can be can use psychotronic techniques to hijack people. And, and getting back to the age of alchemy, uh, one of the things that, that I, I noted as well, I was reading a book called The Secret History of the World by Mark Booth, I think his name was, and in that book he talks about the alchemists, and they believed that there was like several stages of mankind's development. One was mineral man, that was the lowest man, man made of rock, right? And that and mineral man, we have traces of that in terms of having iron in us and magnesium and all these these trace elements of minerals, of rocks in us. Then he said we went from mineral man and we evolved up into plant man, right? And so plant man, if you look at, at a human being's neurological system, it looks like a plant, right? If you if you strip out the bones and the and the muscle and the flesh, like just the neurological system standing up, it looks like a plant. But here's the thing, it's also an antenna. Right. So your neurological right. system is an antenna with a myelin sheath that, you know, is right. designed to, to transmit electrical impulses all throughout the body. And so that guy, uh, Clout, what was his name? Uh, Harold uh, Kautzvela, the scientist, he was talking about how they're stripping copper out of our out of our diets. And when they strip the copper out of our diets, your body needs some kind of metal to replace that copper. So it's taking the barium and aluminum that are coming from chemtrails and they're they're creating a different antenna. They're putting your neurological system into a different frequency so that they can manipulate it. So you're not getting earth energy. Now you're getting 5G tower energy, you know, manipulating you. And it's getting very sophisticated. Um, But jump in, anyone. That's very interesting uh, because, I mean, different metals have different levels of conductivity, so that would absolutely make them susceptible to receiving different bands of frequencies. And it's very disturbing to me that they're actually managing to change the Schumann residence and, and doing what all, all that they're doing. But the idea that them replacing one element that is part of our composition with another intentionally with the intent of, of changing the frequency range that we can receive. I think you, I think you're onto something with that. I really do. I mean, because that you can, you can change the tuning of antennas by doing things like that. I mean, and I, I've got an electronics background, so I can, I yeah, can speak. So do I. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I just bought some uh, copper. <laughs> Just for this, just start start like taking some copper just to see if I can uh, boost my neurological system. And you look at all these neurological diseases that people are having, right? Like, and maybe it's because the copper's been stripped out of their systems, maybe and maybe intentionally. And this is pure, as as Joseph Farrell says, high high octane speculation. But you have to wonder. I mean, there's uh, there's objectively been an explosion in in neurological conditions like autism and Tourette's and Parkinson's and all these things. 
things. And you kind of wonder, you know, is this, you know, as a result of, you know, the systematic stripping of the myelin sheath from people's neurological systems? And well, that, that would be true, only it's mostly due to vaccines. Well, because of the thimerosal, because of the mercury. Well, what, what, what if it's what if it's both? Well, yeah, it could be both. I mean, these I, guys don't stop at anything. It's like, you know, they're willing to just keep on doubling down until they get what they want. Well, look at evolution, right? According to the origin of species, Charles Darwin said that for every, you know, 200 creatures in a species, 198 will die and two will survive. Um, and so I think that the elites are okay with that attrition rate. They're okay with testing if they can strip the neurological system out of people to replace it with a, with a second synthetic neurological system and they cause us a, 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 an epidemic of autism or Parkinson's or Tourette's. And I think they're willing to take those rates for the 2% that survive and that it works on, you know, and then those people will be passing on their genes and those will, they'll create like a, a wonderful slave population at the expense of, you know, killing 98% of the people. People. Well, that's a BOGO for them anyway, just because, I mean, they're already intent on killing off most of the population. And so it's 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 really it could be looked at as just a bonus that the ones that are left over are the, are the ones that they can control better. Yeah, like yeah, uh, I assume that's what they want. Yeah, J Jason Giorgiani, uh, you know, who's a transhumanist, he basically said that. He said that the transhumanists, they want to kill 90% of the world's population, but he said he wants to kill 99% of the world's population. You know, he's, he's drawing a distinction between. So, yeah, I mean, they, they really want to take us back to, uh, you know, they, they're basically turning us back into mineral man. You know, they, they want to strip, strip the human aspect of us, and they want us to be injected with graphene. They want us to be injected with metal to, to make us cyborgs. And that's basically taking us back to mineral man, the lowest state of humanity, the lowest vibrational frequency to kind of trap us in the, in the physical plane, to keep us here, to tra trap us here. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's like I said, we're, we're dealing with magic. We're dealing with so-called witches' spells, as Thomas Jefferson said, but done systematically, done through physics, done through, you know, these techniques that the elites are, are very astute at and that the average person, the average Christian is not, you know, is, is so behind the, the curve, you know, on, on these issues. One thing I've noticed is that they don't do anything. Uh, they always have backup plans. And, and so, you know, if they can't get you with a mosquito, they'll whack you over the head. You know, so I guess yeah. that's how I think of the graphene oxide. You know, they're they're in, literally injecting it. Well, let me you know? let me play. I'm going to play this clip by a guy named uh, James Giordano. Uh, I found this clip interesting and I think uh, Ryan had uh, sent it on to me. Bear with me one second. What we're here to talk about today is the fact that the brain is and will be the 21st century battlescape in many ways. End of story. Clearly, one of the things we can also do is transcranial neuromodulation, the idea of going through the skull to modulate the node network activity of the brain, to implant certain brain machine interfaces. These are many of the DARPA programs that you may hear of now, probably the one that is most notorious, is something called the N3 program, which is the non-invasive neurosurgical neuromodulation program being run by their program manager, Dr. Al Mundi. The idea here is to put minimal sized electrodes in a network within a brain through only minimal intervention to be able to read and write into the brain function in real time, remotely. And then of course you also have the things that are a little bit more traditional. If we talk about things that can be operable in the biochemical space, we ordinarily talk about drugs, bugs, toxins, and ever more we're considering devices. I can disrupt an individual from the level of their cell to their system and disrupt individuals on a variety of levels, from individuals all the way up to the social fabric. Target a specific individual, 
change or eliminate that individual with very little attribution and trace and be able to leave prior to any attribution. These people have no shame. Yeah, I like the phrase yeah. with little attribution. So that's that's what they're going for. They're going for for silent frequencies because they're invisible, they're colorless, odorless, tasteless, and to the average human being who's who's sight based, you know, it, it's it's magic. The way that your VCR, your television works is magic to the average person. I mean, they don't understand any of that. They just accept it for what it is. But I mean, this other stuff, you know, it's like they've seen so many sci-fi movies about it. I think that's another form of conditioning, too, is just to convince them to gaslight themselves that these things can't actually be done because they saw it in a movie. One of the things Ryan just mentioned was, uh, you know, the average person doesn't understand how a VCR works, you know, and he, and he sees things in movies and he thinks, oh, it can't possibly be because I saw it in a movie. Yet there there are literally the movies that are conditioning them, like in that movie, the Cannes Film Festival or 666 or the Beyond. And here's here's a quote. Um, the fear frequency It's from The Guardian. It's an article it says. Uh, 19 hertz is in the range known as infrasound below the range of human hearing, which begins at 20 hertz. Tandy learned that low frequencies in this region can affect humans and animals in several ways, causing discomfort, dizziness, blurred vision by vibrating your eyeballs, hyperventilation and fear, possibly leading to panic attacks. And then there's another one that says, uh, silent sounds hit emotional cords. That's also a Guardian article. Um, so, yeah, I mean, so so there's it's not it's gone beyond just predictive programming where you're seeing images in a movie. It's where the movie itself is emitting an infrasound that's conditioning yeah. your body. You haven't learned it. Your body has learned it. Yeah. The stimulus is is physically hitting you, which is you know perfect because sound is compression and rarefaction of air molecules. So that vibration travels through space much, much differently than a light beam you know, like a radio wave or something like that. But I, I'm thinking that uh, they're probably using combinations of things. And uh, I used to teach uh, programming. And one of the things we would start our programming classes with was looking at common video games and analyzing the subliminals within those video games by looking at the programming. And you would see shifting light patterns in the, in the backgrounds, um, fluctuations on a regular basis from dark to light and uh, just scene lighting, things like that are meant to create uh, um, tension and release. And then the dopamine hits. Or, or, or just sim- simple things like like I was saying before about the video game with, uh, you know, 1080 snowboard with homosexuality, homosexuality. Like even the sound is uh, being used yeah. to manipulate people. Let me uh, play this clip, too. This is an interesting one. This is uh, Brian Kofran, and he's a whistleblower. He was a uh, contractor, and he uh, gives his testimony here. I became a security specialist for SIS, specializing in executive protection, also risk and threat assessment uh, to our clients. Our clients are the companies or the individuals that we contract out with and provide services for. And it was in that context uh, that I became aware of uh, what I describe as a social engineering program and uh, a research and development program that was being carried out by SIS uh, and our clients in Seattle, uh, the Amazon Corporation. And I later learned that they were indeed experimenting with, when I say experimenting, voice to skull, hive mind, behavior modification technology that is frequency based and directed at a targeted individual to basically control their entire person. Once you have connected the targeted individual with the frequency um, and they resonate together, 
then you have a perfect uh, avenue upon which to send and receive information back and forth. And that's exactly how they manipulate someone's thoughts. They send voices into someone's head. Uh, they manipulate their emotions. They manipulate their behavior. And then that's also how they receive back from the individual in real time uh, the vital signs, the emotions, the thoughts, uh, what the person's seeing, what the person's hearing. And then all that information, of course, is rendered on a computer elsewhere uh, via software and it can be monitored and tracked in real time. So everything that's done by this program is meant to have a psychological effect and the psychological effect is meant to complement the effect that the technology is having on the individual so that they are brought to a place in their life where they're isolated, they're broke, they're unemployed, they have no family, they have no friends and nobody in the general public can track or trace anything that's being done to them because the technology is remote and it's wireless and there's usually no physical signs left on the individual that anything's being done to them. Jenny was just talking about that, the, 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 the subliminal like stuff that appears on the screen. This is like visual. And uh, it reminded me of maybe y'all remember in it was in the middle 90s. I think it was some anime cartoon. It might have been Pokemon, but like it was reported and even all the mainstream rags that uh, something crazy, like tens of thousands of kids suffered seizures whenever they watched this one particular episode yeah. that had this I one particular sequence. In it. Well, one of the things that 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 strikes me is that like in the old idea of subliminals, they're going in your eyes and they're trying to convince your brain. Right. In the new like, you know, uh, methodology, it would appear that like your neurological system, your 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 gut, your GI tract. Right. It, it has 90 percent of the same neurons as your brain. They call it the second brain, the enteric brain. Right. right. It's gotten. A, so they're not going to your head anymore. They're not trying. It's not the stuff that you see with your eyes. It's the stuff that they aim no. at your viscera and they, and your body is being trained. So, so it's, it's gone beyond. They, they're not trying to brainwash you. They're, they're going to eat an even deeper level, an animal level where your body is learning. And that's what, what, what is concerning me. They've admitted that we. Oh, yeah. Your, your TV has an infrasonic frequency you're not aware of. Oh, yeah. Your phone has. An infrasonic frequency you're not aware of. So if they pair those up to particular images with particular frequencies, they can very much train large sections of the population to hate and fear. You know, oh, it's the white supremacists. Oh, you know, oh, it's 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 Trump. Oh, it's the American flag. And you know, they they can yeah, get they, you to you do know, it. I always wondered about that the uh, vituperation against Trump. I never understood it. I mean, I don't, I don't think don't know. they I, understand. I, I missed I miss the conditioning or something. Well, but people absolutely hate him. Well, that's the thing. Exactly. And that's the thing. If you people have done videos like this where they ask, they'll 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 do policies. Right. And they'll say, oh, do, you know, how about these policies? And they're oh, these sound like great policies. Oh, they're Donald Trump's policies. And then the kids have this cognitive dissonance because they've trained they've been trained to hate and fear, you know, this this person. And if you ask them, OK, why do you hate him? They can't even art articulate no, they why. They say, hate. Oh, I just do. I just yeah. Do. Because their brain hasn't been convinced. Their body yeah. has been convinced. <laughs> been trained yeah. this, this entire this entire conversation about bypassing your 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 conscious thought and going directly for your hardware it kind of reminds me of something that i was reading about cinemix in particular and perhaps y'all have read about that that's the thing that's made out of like the h-e-k human embryonic kidney cell oh, yeah. 230 something like that but in any case like those companies have admitted that they're actually chemically tricking your body into thinking because it's an it's a it's a it's an 
it's a neural toxin and, and it goes in there and interferes with your, your neural networking. And it makes you think that you taste something that you actually don't. And that's again, like, that's like a bypassing of the mind right to the hardware type hack. And so it's, we, we already know that they they, they have no ethical issues with doing these sorts of things. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, that's the thing, uh, in the intro, I mentioned in the opening remarks that, um, you know, you had people like Pavlov or people like Edward Thorndike where they say, you know, children should not be taught. They should be trained like animals. So this thinking has been current since the 1880s. It's only now that they have the technology to implement these, these thoughts, you know, that we're going to buy, you know, it, it's, it's a waste of time to try to argue with people because we'll lose if we if we give them an argument hey you, you you can be a slave we can you know tattoo you like in a concentration camp follow you track you no one's gonna gonna go for that there is no argument that you know that they can win no they just so, want to make it cool to have a tattoo exactly and, and that's the thing too like i was i was uh studying that like so so there was an article and it said 16 tattoo you know tv shows have been canceled and i was like there were 16 and it was you know like like uh you know uh ink masters and miami ink and New York Inc. and there was and I, w- I was shocked at, at the number of ink tattoo you know promotion you know things on TV that were there and then I was shocked uh, and I think I told you this Jenny like in researching like how many billionaires have tattoos and so I was like you know Probably well, sh- none exactly and I was like surely Elon Musk who's so cool and he's on Joe Rogan smoking a blunt and he's such a hip guy surely he has a tattoo nope no tattoo. And then surely Richard Branson, the rebel billionaire who does, you know, surely he had nope, no tattoo, you know. And of course, the older ones don't. Bill Gates and Warren, but, you know, but it was just interesting how the elite don't have just like they're ditching cell phones they, or excuse me, smartphones. Um, there was an article in uh, Mark Penn, the Democratic pollster, had a book called Microtrend Squared. And in it, one of the trends was that the elite are ditching iPhones. So basically, they know not to be tracked. They <laughs> They know yeah. that, that it's these, quote unquote, anything with the word smart in it. Oh, it's a smartphone. It's a smart city. You know, it's a smart yeah. you know meter. These are the things to track you. These are the technocracy. So the elite b- ditch these things. Yet the, the rank and file, the common run of man is just adopting these things, you know, and, and just being enslaved by them because they don't think. And that's one of the one of the tragedies of our time is that, you know, that the, the common people don't think, you know, and, and that's the downfall, you know, of our of our system. All of what you just said fits right in with your kicking away the ladder bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, 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 they tell us to do one thing and do observably the, the opposite. So, yeah, exactly. You know, like, I, like Ryan is uh, referring to a series that I did called Kicking Away the Ladder, where like the elite will tell the, the average person to do something that like, for instance, they'll you'll have college professors who say, hey, you don't have to have a nuclear family. That's just the patriarchy. And that's bad. Yet when you look at the stats, 92 percent of them have stable nuclear families while they're telling their students to be single mothers, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, or, or another thing is well, where that's they, the communist go, imperative. Well, yeah, the breakdown of the family while, while they keep their families. But this is just generally a strategy. Uh, Jun Chang writes about it in, uh, in his book, Bad Samaritans, where the Western powers are constantly telling, you know, the poor countries to just specialize in one thing. Like if you do cocoa, just stick to cocoa. If you're a petroleum based economy, just stick to petroleum. Don't don't branch out and build cars or computer components. Just keep a real simple, basic economy, you know, or, or have free trade. And these, these things lead to the poverty of those countries. And these are the things that England and the United States did not do. They were extremely uh, protectionist yeah, when their economies boomed. <laughs> but you know, I just I despair though because that they've they've used every avenue they could think of to dumb down our populace 
we've had a hundred years worth of <clears throat> declining education and and uh and, and more and more entrainment in media and and less and less uh enlightenment and the addition of poisons to our air food water soil medicine everything magnetic environment chapter three conclusion i'm going to um close out the uh the broadcast and i'm going to start with Ginny. like what is your your basic conclusion on the possibility of tattoos having been used as an intermediate stage in uh, these technologies that they're using? I don't know if it's that plentiful. I imagine that some experiments have been done on certain segments of the population. I'm particularly thinking of the prison prison population and why tattoos are so popular among prisoners. You know, for them, it's identification with a group. And that group might be uh, some sort of you know, um, a protective gang or something like that. But on the other hand, that wouldn't have happened unless prison authorities allowed it to happen. And so I can't help but wonder if maybe that's a way of tracking that population once they get out. No, that's that's a, an extremely uh, good observation. And it just made me think, like, in a previous time period, people didn't do downward aspiration. They didn't try to, to be the dregs of society. They always tried to aspire up. And so that was the, the very interesting thing is that, you know, like like down and out populations had always had tattoos, you know, like uh, sailors, right. Popeye the sailor. you know, But nobody wanted to imitate them because they were associated with poverty and misery. And so all of right. a sudden the, the sea change came, you know, probably in the 1990s, where all of a yeah. sudden they started started promoting prison culture and promoting tattoos and stuff like that to the general populace. And that was was very anomalous. So, Ryan, um, what 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 are your uh, concluding thoughts on the the tattoo conspiracy? Well, I, I'm going to say that, that it's all one big experiment. And the fact that they've changed the composition of tattoo inks recently to include a whole bunch of more conductive and more neural toxic things I, 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 I would be, I would be, it would be a hard sell to convince me that that was by accident. So I'm going to say they need more volume than what they can deliver. Like I was saying earlier in just like a, like a, a cutaneal application of ink. It's like, I, I think that's why the big push for let us shoot this in your arm. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. I, I think I think that it had limited application, that, that it wasn't as powerful as they wanted or needed it to be. And that's why they went to stage three is, is my, you know, and, and we might actually be at stage 12. Who knows? You know, um, the, 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 this might have been like a, a far longer range plan than, you know, than than, than I'm even conceptualizing. Um, but one of the I'm going to close out my my remarks with saying that I think that the political right, um, you know, has they're, they're stuck on communism, you know, capitalism versus communism and stuff. But the real fight of our generation is transhumanism. Um, you know, the, the real fight, the real existential threat to our, our country, our, our, our planet, our, our time period of, you know, republics and freedom and all, all these concepts um, is being threatened by the transhumanists. And they're really flying under the radar. And one of the things that's, you know, frustrating, I mean, communism in many senses has already happened. It already ha- took place. Like most of the, the, the planks of the communist manifesto have been embraced by Western, you know, so-called Western democracies with welfare systems and graduated income taxes and central banks. All, all these things were from Karl Marx, um, you know, or, or I, I said in, a, in one of the presentations, 
One of the, the central tenets of communism was, uh, you know, the, the means of production going to the people. Well, because of technological advances, the people now have the means of production. They can do 3D printing. You Like right now, I can do this podcast. I don't have to go to a, to a, a, a sound studio to do it. You know, I can do it in my own home office, um, you know. And that couldn't have been possible. You know, people can can do films now that, that are high grossing films and they can shoot them on cell phones. So people now do have the means of production like Karl Marx, you know, wished in his in his, in his greatest fantasy. Um, you know, so common, many, many aspects of communism have already happened. So that's not really the big threat to our way of life or the threat to our freedom. Uh, it's it's transhumanism. You know, it's it's being tacked and tracked and tracked and, you know, and and injected. And, uh, you know, where, where your thoughts can be manipulated like. The Guardian, uh, you know, had that article about how, you know, they can through frequencies, they can make you not believe in God anymore or they can make you embrace migrants in your country. They can shut off certain, you know, uh, emotional responses and stuff. I mean, and this is coming from the transhumanists and, and unless, you know, the political right, you know, gets its act together and starts, you know, paying attention to the, to these corporations, um, you know, that are acting as a, as a de facto branch of government, you know, as a, as a, as a fifth column. Um, you know, things look pretty bleak, you know, so um, I'm going to <laughs> leave it there and I'm going to wrap that up and I'm going to thank um, Ginny Silcox and I'm going to thank our, our new guest, Ryan Calevra. And, um, you know, this is me, Daniel Natale, your host, and I hope to see you next time on Under the Iceberg. <laughs>